Let us go to God in prayer. Take my mouth, Lord, and speak to speak through it. Take our ears, Lord, and open them. Take our hearts, Lord, and set them on fire. Through Christ we ask it. Amen. In 1980, Al Michaels coined one of the most famous phrases of all of sportscasting history. See, in 1980, the United States Olympic hockey team was going up against the great Cold War rival, the USSR. See, in 1980, the Olympic team could not be comprised of professional athletes. They had to be comprised from amateurs, and so all of them were just college students. Well, that rule didn't apply to Russia, where all of their professional players were up for the Olympic team. In this David and Goliath-like moment, towards the end of the third period, the end of the game, the United States was up and was looking to win. So while the clock was winding down, Al Michaels said, Do you believe in miracles? As the buzzer went off. What is it that we believe? Sometimes we hear things and we think that they sound so ridiculous and so out there that they can't be true. Like, did you know that a shot of espresso contains less caffeine than a cup of coffee? Everyone believes that if you drink espresso, you're going to be all jittery and wiry. It's not true. It takes about three or four shots of espresso to equal a 16-ounce cup of coffee from Starbucks. Did you know that Disney is the second largest buyer of, of explosives in the world? Second only to the department of defense because every day at, at Disney they shoot off about a million fireworks did you know Michael Jordan arguably the greatest basketball player in NBA history was cut from his freshman basketball team I hate to be that coach to make that mistake what is it that we believe we're asked this question often when we go on social media, when we go and look at the news, we're asking, do we believe what is being presented to us? If there was a top 10 list of the most asked questions to ministers, what is it that you believe is almost near the top? Along with what do you think about insert hot topic of the day here, or what is a disciple of Christ? What do you believe is, at, is number three? In modern Christianity, people want to know what you believe. It says something about your theological thought process and your frameworks, which you, how you view the world. Now, many Christians, myself included, have been known to make wild judgments about certain individuals or denominations based on what they choose to believe. As disciples of Christ, we find diversity of thought at the cornerstone of our theological doctrine. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and everything outside of that statement is up for discussion and learning. The notion of what do you believe 
also strikes at the heart of, of, of the notion that there is something that some Christians will not believe and want or want to be around those kind of people who believe that in a congregation. Someone once said that when you say what you believe in the exact same breath, you also say what you don't believe. Christians are constantly asked by ministers and Bible studies and examinations of life and world events to figure out what they believe. Sure, we might have to have been taught something along the way, but is that really what we believe now? Is that something that we can hold on to? In other denominations, they have things called creeds or credo statements. Because credo in Latin means, I believe. And they're used to define what that community believes, and as disciples, we don't have those. So what is it that we believe? What if that question was posed to us today? What if you were compelled to answer that question? What would our answer be? And where do we go to find that answer? Today in John's Gospel, our scripture, we find the disciples and Jesus are having a conversation. And in this part of John's Gospel, it's, it's one of the beginning of his farewell discourse. It's getting close to the time of Jesus' death. And like Jesus does, often he tries to offer a little bit more wisdom and instruction before he leaves. So he's trying to tell them softly and gently, but he wants to make sure that, that they understand key things. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me and believe also in God. We hear Jesus speak of going to prepare a place for us. And we hear this language as Jesus going to heaven to make sure our mansion is tidy and cleaned up for us for when we arrive there one day. This, however, is not what the author of John is trying to convey. Here, the author is simply employing a metaphor that was used in ancient Israel to talk about the idea of being in relationship with God. As one scholar puts it, throughout the gospel, location has constantly been a symbol of relationship. It is a way of telling the disciples and all those who read it that they will be welcomed in the presence of God. That God is willing to prepare a place for them, that going back to God, being received back to God, will provide a way for them to one day believe that what, all that Christ has done and finally be united together. As often as the disciples do, the disciples have questions. Thomas and Philip are there, and they are they don't understand the message that Jesus is offering. Now, we don't know if any other disciples are there, but Philip and Thomas get singled out. Usually in, this, in the Gospels, the disciples ask questions of Jesus, but they do it away from the crowds. Because they don't want to seem like they don't understand Jesus in front of all of his followers. So Thomas inquires about where Jesus is going and how they will know the way in which he was going. Here, Thomas is thinking that Jesus is leaving to go on a trip or a vacation, and maybe Thomas would want to come by for a visit. But that's not what Jesus is talking about. 
Jesus responds in a very famous verse in John, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you want to know where Jesus is going, then just follow him. Philip wants to see God. If, if Philip can see God, then Philip will be satisfied. And Jesus reminds him that he has been with Philip this entire time. And if you see Jesus, then you have seen God. The pericope, or this piece of scripture, is bookended by the notion of believing. Believe in Jesus, and then, then believe that Jesus is in God, and that God is in him. But if you don't, then believe in Jesus because of what Jesus has done. Someone asked a question one time in a seminary classroom where they're talking about creeds, and they said, what if I can't believe what the creeds say? And the professor said, that's okay. Someone will believe it for you until you learn to believe. Believe in God and believe also in me are familiar, comforting words from Jesus. But today, we hear these words differently. While Christ was speaking about his upcoming death at the hands of the Romans, as well as exhorting his disciples to stay strong here in 2020, we hear these words with new ears. Once again, our context has changed, and the words from the Bible are resounding differently to us. The words did not change. But we have changed because of this unique time. We find ourselves in the middle of a global pandemic. As a minister once said, what once was an interruption has now turned into a full-blown disruption. The disruption of our lives, of our work, of our livelihood, of our way of living, the way we interact with the community, and even the way we worship. Like all the Gospels, they were written decades after the events took place, and they are told through a specific theological lens and framework. The author of the Gospel of John is using words of Christ to direct the church community on the thing they should focus on, and the things they need to hold on to. See, the early church was living in a new time as well. Christ was gone. The world was pressing in around them. They were struggling to believe that the world would get any better or that life was going to be different. Showing the disciples struggling to connect the dots of faith is a way for, to show us today being and acting and how sometimes we can miss it. I mean, haven't we all been Thomas? Haven't we all been Philip? Haven't we all been Peter? These disciples are not put in the gospel so we can point to them and say, I'm sure glad I'm not like them, or I would never do that. Rather, they point to the truth of humanity. Sometimes we get it right, and sometimes we have trouble believing. We see God or the movement of God in our lives, and we feel God's presence, or sometimes it just doesn't click. Or sink in. We find ourselves in situations where it is being, it's difficult to believe. It's difficult to hold on to. 
We sing songs and we read the Bible and we pray, but sometimes it feels like the songs are just words and the Bible is just a nice storybook and the prayers, they're not getting past the ceiling. Sometimes it's hard to believe. You see, it's an act of faith to put our hope and our trust into God's hands when we don't know the answers at all. Jesus tells Philip that he can't believe if he can't believe in Jesus is from God, then if that's too much for him, that's okay. Then at least believe in what he has done and the miracles that has taken place. And to face that all that we have been through as a nation, and, that, and in face of all that we're going through personally, it is one of the most boldest, most faithful, and strongest acts that we can do, is still believe. We are called to still believe in God, in God's faithfulness, in God's presence, in God's passion. All of it in the good times and in times of adversity. At times, our hearts can be shaken, our minds can raise, our souls can be rocked. It is in those times that we cling to the message of Christ. We go back to what we've always believed or have come to believe, that in the end, God is God and we are not. That Christ is the way, that Christ is the truth and is the life. Even facing his death, Christ is trying to impart to the disciples and to us today that hope is not lost. Love will remain. Peace will one day rule this earth again. And God has not left us or forsaken us. I don't believe in eventual God. I don't believe in a God who holds back because we have failed to be faithful enough. No, in every instance that Philip or Thomas don't connect the dots, Christ offers them a way to guide them along. Christ offers them a way to see Jesus in a new way. Christ, as the old hymn says, supplies their every need. Many of us are begging to see the world in a new way during this COVID-19 pandemic. We've begun to see how people are utilizing their faith in important and powerful ways. We are putting into practice basic Christian teachings of loving our neighbor as ourselves, and now is the time to hold on to what we believe. This is the work of God. This is the work of followers of Christ. We can be that voice crying out in the wilderness, do not let your hearts be troubled. God is in control. God is here with us, and God is for us. Now, sure, we might miss God or the movement of the Spirit, but that doesn't mean we stop trying to see the way that God has been present. We must believe that God is for us. We must believe that God is real and powerful. God is faithful and true. Believe in God because of the wonders of creation and the goodness of humanity. Believe in God when you see Christians coming together to provide food and money and supplies and clothing to those in need during this pandemic. What is it that we believe in? What is it that we're willing to stake our lives on? What is it that... We, where is it that we find hope and joy and comfort and peace and mercy and justice? 
What is that? What moves our soul? What grounds us? What binds us together? Are we going to believe that there's nothing to be done? Are we going to believe that hope is lost? Are we going to believe that evil has won? Are we going to believe that peace is a distant dream? That grace is only offered to a certain few? Is that our belief? Is that why we come to worship every week? Surely that is not all that Christianity has to offer. There has to be something more if only we believe. Believing is about our faith. It is about our connection to God. We may not connect all the dots like the disciples, but we still believe. We may not see where this road is taking us, but we will believe that God goes with us and is already at that destination. We may not know how this pandemic will end, but we will place our hope and our trust in God because God is the God of all creation and believe in God's power and God's might. We will believe. We will choose the way of God and we will walk hand in hand with God and the followers of God will ensure that we will continue to make this known. When we come around the same idea that God is God and we are not, that Christ has come to give us life anew and the Spirit intercedes on our behalf with sighs too deep for words that we, for words, then we proclaim together, credo, or I believe. I believe that God is here. I believe that God will make us a path in the wilderness. I believe that hope is not lost. I believe. Let us hold on to what we believe. If we can't, then let's turn to others to show us how God is moving in their lives. Let us hold on to what we believe so we can weather this new phase of life that we are in. My friends, we are not alone. God is still here with us. All we have to do is believe. So let us believe and keep the faith now and forevermore.